BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Turn around, baby. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. another edition of the hashtag Miranda show. I am your host with the, the Twitterless heroine herself, ring announcer to the stars, Miss Fancy Pants, the most professional podcaster, the pop punk princess, and most importantly, the queen of soft style, million dollar Miranda Morales here, your host of the hashtag Miranda show. Yes, the hashtag Miranda show, which you can find on thechairshot.com. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. Yes, the hashtag Miranda Show is a proud part of the Chairshot Radio Network. Of course, home to many entertaining podcasts and everything galore. I am being joined by, well, my co-pilot, the producer, the co-host, the kingpin of the chairshot.com, the unstoppable one. And if you didn't know, he's also a wrestling promoter, the Reverend Greg DeMarco. You just made the list. That's me. I'm here. I'm, I'm looking up 
videos for later use. No, no particular reason whatsoever. Just you know. I did forget the king of shit takes. So, oh, of course, uh, my, which I don't really course, have. Yeah. I don't feel as though it's going to be prevalent this week. I got a take that some would probably lump under that category because they're stupid, but it's okay. We're just going to put it out there. This is my fucking show, and I get to talk about whatever the hell I want. Absolutely. And this week, we're talking about backlash. End of story. I mean, I don't know why we would talk about backlash. I don't know right. what's significant about it towards you and your life and your yeah. background, but yeah, yeah random, I guess so. But you know, it was between that and um, AEW, and of course, I decided. You know, oh God! Um, like, how could you even put those two in the same sentence? I know, I know. I don't. I actually do. Like I told you, I have access to my parents' cable, so I have been able to watch AEW more regularly. I have not watched it in the past few weeks, so I wouldn't even be able to give you any takes on AEW. I don't but, know that I've watched a full episode since I watched the Phoenix one, and definitely have not watched oh, really any since the Revolution pay per view. Yeah, for sure. Since I haven't seen a maybe one. And not a full episode. So probably a full episode since the one we went to, for sure. I've seen bits and pieces yeah. since then. So, but anyways. I've barely even seen that. Going back to it is WWE held Backlash in San Juan, Puerto Rico this past Saturday, as well as SmackDown on Friday. We're going to be talking about all the shit there. I, I, I'm just going to be talking about all my thoughts, all my feelings, everything about that both shows um and really the overall response to it so if you're tired about hearing about backlash too bad so sad i don't think people are i really don't i don't think so either um it, it was a whole different experience as a viewer but also being able to show the wrestling world and world in general a little bit of Puerto Rican culture, of Puerto Rican fandom. It's like we talk about independent wrestling all the time. We talk about people that we've seen succeed, people who have made leaps and bounds and get opportunities and people who go on to that next level and people that we're rooting for. And I felt that on Friday and Saturday, Puerto Rico was that indie talent that you knew had potential and finally got the platform that it needed. Like the fandom, the right. island of Puerto Rico finally got its shot to say, here we are. Or, you know, he, just, yeah, here we are. Yeah, here we and, are. And, and it's like, you know that, you know, I, I knew how wonderful it could be. And now the rest of the world gets to see it. And it's so heartwarming and emotional and exciting that now everyone gets to see what I've known pretty much my entire life. But also the blending of two very big aspects of me, pro wrestling fandom and Puerto Rican culture coming together in such a way that was so awesome. So who knows, I may cry while I talk about this. I've cried a few times. Uh, for various reasons, but all okay. tears of joy, all excitement, but it is, it's a lot. It is like, you know, we're rooting for you, and uh, and by we, I mean me, 
but everyone getting to see exactly what I've known about Michael all along and have lived my life. And I'm so happy of how receptive everybody was to that event and to the Puerto Rican fan base. Then, then we should do it. We should do it. Yeah, we're gonna fucking do it. We're gonna fucking do it. Why not? Right. Before we get into that, though, we gotta do our due diligence. Not so much by obligation, but just by pure fandom. Another big piece of my heart is IZW Impact Zone Wrestling, and I know we're still off the tails of Evil Lives featuring Monster. Sure are. But we are on track to the Lion Classic, which is scheduled for September 23rd in Glendale, Arizona, being presented by 3D Sports Cards and Collectibles. Greg, what can you share with us? Any updates about the Lion Classic? So we did finally reveal today, late today actually, uh, end of the day. Um, of course, everybody knew coming out of Evil Lives that Jordan Cruz would be challenging for the IZW World Heavyweight Championship. That was won by Charles Cassius. And we knew that um, Jacob Austin Young captured the IZW 3D Sports Fighting Championship where he can name his opponent and named Graves as his first challenger as that's kind of the one hurdle that he has not been able to get over, a mountain that he's not been able to climb. And we know that tag team champions will be crowned. What we did not know was who was going to challenge Bryn Thorne for the IZW World Women's Championship. We knew that Derek was entrenched in negotiations, Derek being IZW commissioner, Derek Montia. And earlier today, the Post did reveal that making her debut in IZW and cutting the line, going right to the front to get a title shot is none other than uh, a competitor, performer who's gained a lot of momentum, um, being a part of a lot of different independent promotions, AEW, uh, Staple of Wow, and, and and some other high-profile areas as well. Rika Tahaka will be making her debut in IZW on Saturday, September 23rd, and will be challenging Bryn Thorne for the World Women's Championship. So very excited to have her on board and making her debut. And, of course, to be able to bring that match to everybody in the IZW family and that opponent in for Bryn. So very excited for what's to come with that and, and the items that are still to come, yet to come for the Lion Classic. Yeah, I think that's a really great matchup between these two for the uh, Women's World Championship. Uh, a very great competitor. So very well done to our commissioner, Derek Montilla. Could not be happier. Very, as as the guy in charge of putting these things on, very excited that that's a match that we get to promote and market and bring to our fans. So, super excited. Yeah. And there's plenty more to come. This is is because we're crowning tag team champions and we got all those matches involved. Like, this is this is this is a, a loaded night of pro wrestling to come yes. on September 23rd. Yes. Course. Make sure you're following IZW on social media at IZW Wrestling AZ. And of course, we got the new link IZW Tick, T I X dot com. You can go straight there for the link to get your tickets for the Lion Classic. Uh, you can purchase them right then and there. It takes you straight to the event bright. Uh, and as I see it right now, um, it does look like front row VIP is still available. Um, there is some still available, but it is is getting low. So now is yeah. the time. 
And then, of course, second row VIP sales start on May 17th and general admission tickets start on May 31st. So already the early bird VIP has already sold out. Yes. So get your VIP front row now. Second row VIP sales start May 17th. General admission sales start on May 31st. So we'll tear that out. But tickets go fast, especially if you're looking for those uh, front row and second row VIP. Make sure to get those now. And again, we're still a good ways away between now and September. But you want to secure your tickets before they go out and then you're messaging Greg last minute for tickets. Which happens. Which happens. And, it happens. And, and I deal with it. But, you know, there's a way to avoid having to do that. And that's to yes. buy your tickets in advance, which you can do right now at IZWTicks.com or any of our social media platforms at IZW Wrestling AZ. All the links are always in there as well. Pick up your tickets and come be a part of the, the event, part of the family, part of the IZW family. Another promotion tried to steal that line once and only used it like once or twice and didn't use it again after that. But yeah, yeah creating more, more a, criminals around a, a name for your fan base is always a challenge and it has to be organic. And I think IZW family like truly became organic because of the way shows are put together, the way that really I, I would say Sun Studios is a very intimate setting. You will get very close. And I think everyone's connections with the wrestlers and everyone involved in um, the show, it really does feel like a family. So that's how you know. Like, I know people yeah. still give shit to the WWE universe. Has it grown? Yes. Yes. But is it still kind of a weird name? Yes. A hundred percent. But at the but, time, when they adopted that phrase, there was already someone else using the term universe. And... And it wasn't even, they weren't even the first to do it because they got some yeah. criticism about stealing it from somebody. Back then, too, everybody was a nation. Uh, you know, yeah, I was like, going to say, everyone knows Raider Nation, you know? Yep. Or like, there's Red Sox Nation and this nation, that yeah. nation. And so then, but then there was there was another universe before there was WWE Universe, but obviously they lashed on they lashed onto that one and, and, and have yeah. been lashed onto it ever since. So. Yes, my very first promotion that I worked for Destiny Wrestling Organization, uh, DWO, they call their fan base the DWO Faithful. And there you go. It was just, it was, yeah, it was organic. That was the thing. It was just an organic um, way that just came about, and it was unique, but it also truly summarized the fan base. There was a faithful fan base dedicated to attending shows, buying tickets, sharing information about shows, all of that. So, um, you know, kudos to anyone who wants to come up with a fan base uh, name. It is, seems very hard. Um, but yes, we would love for all of you to be part of the IZW family. And we look forward to seeing you at the Lion Classic on Saturday, September 23rd. So, someone who was part of our last event messaged me about wanting to be part of future events and actually said in their message that they wanted to be part of the IZW family. And, and I thought that was interesting and, and made me smile. So yeah. it's funny like that. Yes, it was organic, but literally I just spit it out at some point and stuck with it and people accepted it right away. And, and so it kind of worked from worked from there. It just kind of threw it out there and, and became a thing. So yeah, once you find a thing, if it works, you got to stick with it. Got to stick with your thing until, until it doesn't work. Then find a new thing. Yeah. 
well, finding a new thing, I had a place for you to, to find a new thing. Uh, and maybe Do it's you. new, maybe it's not new, but let me tell you about it anyways. Greg, go ahead, do me a flavor and wind it up. It's time! Yes, it is indeed time for you to go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot to pick up your very own IZW and chair shot t-shirts today when you go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot you're going to find a ton of different t-shirts that you can customize all in support of izw wrestling and the chairshot.com that includes the izw pride t-shirt with pride month coming up very soon you can get yours today as well as the izw nwa shirt the Arizona's Best in White and in Gold, and a ton of other cool t-shirt designs for IZW. But hey, while you're there, don't forget the multiple t-shirts in support of the chairshot.com, including the multiple always use your head shirts, as well as the chairshot worldwide. Baron Corbin sucks because he still does. And of course, our t-shirts, the Queen of Soft Style t-shirt and the Everybody Hates Greg t-shirt all t-shirts are at $20.99 but if you want to pay a few extra dollars you can order any t-shirt in soft style so what are you waiting for go ahead feel good look good be good by going to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot that is prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. From issuance, please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. All right. So, being able to talk about Backlash and even the SmackDown before Backlash in Puerto Rico. Uh, I mean, just the whole series of events that happened um, in that few day time span. Of course, having the Backlash press conference, SmackDown, Backlash, all of that uh, was a, a sight to see. Uh, um, before I get into kind of my thoughts on it, I do want to jump into to yours, Greg, because I'm just going to talk a lot on the show. So I'm going to give you a moment uh, to uh, to share your take on the show, um, especially from your perspective. You know, you are very much an objective fan. You really do go into things um, very 
open-minded, um, but objectively. So granted, you know how, you know, the meaning of this event, not only to me, but to other Puerto Ricans, but I know you would come in also objectively seeing, you know, what, if this event was good, bad, fun, terrible, everything in between. So what was your thoughts about this show? I thought it was great. Even when you remove the crowd, and you can't, but even if you remove that from a wrestling standpoint, I thought it was a great event. It was very well done, very well planned. Um, it was smart, the, the way they did the things that they did. Like They really just showed that they get what they're doing. That's been 2023, and, and really since Triple H took over. If you look at the year in WWE pay-per-views or premium live events, you've essentially had the Royal Rumble and WrestleMania, and then you've had... Elimination Chamber, which is in Montreal, headlined by Sami Zayn. And you had Backlash in Puerto Rico, headlined by Bad Bunny, with a bunch of other Puerto Rican talent showcased. Like, there's a phrase that, that's been used in public speaking, and when I did comedy, and in so much more, and it's used in wrestling, but not used enough. And that phrase is called, know your audience. Like, you just have to be smart with the things that you do. WWE did it last year with Clash at the Castle. They're continuing to do it now. Like, it's just... You've got to be smart about it. And they took what is largely considered a B-level pay-per-view, a bunch of WrestleMania rematches, and turned it into, back, you know, for two years it was called WrestleMania Backlash. Now we're back to regular Backlash. And and found a way to make Backlash a big deal, just like they did with Elimination Chamber and, and Sami Zayn. Interesting of note there is that an Elimination Chamber, being in Montreal, so was the SmackDown the day before. Just like what they did in San Juan, Puerto Rico, where um, where this, the episode of SmackDown was, was the day before. But even if you remove that element of it, and, and without it being in Puerto Rico, maybe you don't get Zelina Vega getting a title shot and, and, and some other things. But it was still a great event and, and a great pay-per-view. And... Um, continues to march things forward it's very interesting when you look at wwe as a whole this year um outside of the, the the tag titles the women's tag titles and the smackdown women's championship those are the only titles that have even changed hands this year like usually you'd figure at an event like backlash with a crowd like that we'd have somebody win a title and that did not happen like like the titles the majority of the titles have not changed hands in the year of 2023 and it's may so uh, like really May, not just Justin Timberlake May. Like it's May, and and so it, it's it's the title situation is very different in WWE right now. They used to reward a crowd, uh, an event like this with a title change, but they don't need to, and I think they realize that. So, from a wrestling perspective, like I thought it was great overall. They they hit a home run with this one. They seem to keep doing that over and over and over again. I have a few more finer detail. Um, observations that I can make later, but by and large, I thought this event was great. They they didn't need the crowd to make it a great event, but they had it, so that made it even better and, and made it a night to, to truly remember for for many years to come. And and I hope it stays that way. And there's different ways you can make sure that that stays that way. But uh, by and large, I don't see how this could be viewed as anything other than uh, arousing success and just one hell of a night for. Um, a lot of different constituents, including the wrestlers, the company, and of course, you know, the, the island of Puerto Rico. Yeah. Uh, you talk about success in a lot of different ways. And I think, too, you know, touting some of the headlines that 
or, or the headlines that WWE made when they talked about the successes throughout the night, um, you know, 20% increase from last year's backlash, a 98% increase in revenue, um, 8 million views across social media, pretty much, you know, hands down, both financially and viewership-wise, the most successful backlash in WWE history. Now, granted, like you mentioned, is the bar somewhat low? Yeah, you know, I mean, that, that's low-hanging fruit in the, you know, corporate terms. But to have all of those successes come because of the event in Puerto Rico is still a huge win column for not only Puerto Rico, but also WWE continuing to have um, shows outside the continental United States. You know, um, that has also been a, a very great track record of fans outside of the United States just being a rabid, excited fan base. And one thing that we saw, I think with this in comparison to other fan bases, they didn't hijack stuff. They just were so excited and so um, eager to have the show in front of them. And that, I think, translated across to people who were watching at home and people, you know, on, on social media. And that's what makes you excited as a wrestling fan. You know, when you see other people excited for that, I think it reinvigorates the fan base. So I think it's smart when WWE goes to these places because in the United States, I think fans can get kind of jaded, you know, and used to it and kind of complacent. And I know we're still under a whole new turn with Triple H, but I think there is still some of the fan base that kind of take it for granted. Um, so to be able to see a show from another fan's perspective gets you really excited. It was also the perfect amount of chaos and representation as as well. We'll get into that in a moment. But um, like I mentioned earlier, like, I knew what this fan base was going to be from the moment it was announced. And it's sometimes hard to explain um, for fans, just, you know, understanding of, of Puerto Rican culture and just our, our mannerisms and even the volume of our voice. Um, my like regular tone, like my inside, my library voice is like most people's like, you know, like yelling. Um, can, can confirm. Because that's, Yes, because that's just the way that that is just literally how I talk. That is just in my DNA. There is truly nothing that I think I was conditioned to do as a kid. It's just this is my voice. This is this is it. So when you have, you know, 17,000 people with all that same mentality uh, in the same way, like it's it's exactly what you you would think it is. But um, I also have to give a and commend a lot to, to bad bunny um this would have not happened if it wasn't for him he talked about it in the press conference that um when wwe approached him to be a part of, of wwe and work with him one of the conditions of his agreement was that they bring a, a premium live event to puerto rico and not very many people um especially like more celebrity guest stars would put themselves out on a limb for that. But Bad Bunny has very much been a huge advocate of Puerto Rico um, as not just the island, but the social issues around Puerto Rico about bringing visibility to the island and also 
you know, just, I don't want to say rewarding, but just bringing more to, to the island of Puerto Rico. And so the fact that it took Bad Bunny for WWE to come back to Puerto Rico after about, you know, 15 years is, is not surprising, but also as much of a close to an act of God that I can think of. Yeah, it's true. And it's very interesting. And there's so many things to touch on. Like WWE has made these premium live events. If you think about it, especially ever since Triple H took over, every non-major pay-per-view has become a major pay-per-view at this point. Like there have been no B-level pay-per-views. Like not everything's a WrestleMania, but... It, you know, backlash used to be a joke. You know, it's a backlash. Like, that's not the case anymore. And yeah. they've been doing that ever since he took over. Like, every premium live event is a big is a big deal. Less matches, not getting everybody on the card, and not all titles are defended. And yet they've made it a big deal. Which in turn, because they've gone with a less is more approach with those, it's made Raw and SmackDown a bigger deal as well. And now they're all selling out. Like, there's definitely a formula at play, and this is part of it. What people I hope can remember when we brought this up briefly on the Greg DeMarco show, um, much like clash of the castle where Cardiff and Wales paid WWE $1.5 million to come out. The San, uh, San Juan uh, tourism. I don't know exactly what it's called. Paid yeah, WWE $1.4 million to bring this event mm-hmm. down there as well. Like mm-hmm. this was a sought after thing. And, and, and I'm sure they got more than their money's worth with, you know, the, the revenue that it generates and all of that. Plus the, the thing, it wasn't that long ago that America as a country was being criticized for essentially forgetting about Puerto Rico and all the aid that they needed and everything that the, the island was going through. And it was kind of left for dead by the Trump administration. As a lot of people said, like that stuff's not that far in the rearview mirror to here, to where we are today. So it's, it's. You know, I'm glad WWE did it. I'm glad Bad Bunny is doing what he's doing, um, and and still remembering where he came from, so to speak, and 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 representing that and utilizing his fame in such a way that's going to benefit where he came from. Um, and it's working, and it's working with WWE. It's working with everywhere. But um, the the island, you know, sometimes the the venue is just that. It's just a venue to put on the event, and the event's the star. But in this case. The island was was truly the star, and and the venue and the fan base was truly the star, and the the wrestling event was the medium for the true star being the people exactly. to to shine through. Exactly, and that's the opposite yeah. of what normally happens. But it was you know the planets aligned perfectly for that to take place. Yeah, well, and I think that's a thing about Puerto Rico in general. Like when you put a spotlight on Puerto Rico, it truly will steal that spotlight. Like, and it's not in a way that, you know, we talk about fans hijacking shows, you know, and people making it about them. Like, it wasn't about the fans. It was about everybody. It was about all the Puerto Rican talent. It was about history. It was about, you know, uh, it, it was about everybody. And that is the beauty of Puerto Rican culture as I see it is that, Yes, we are, you know, comprised of millions of people, but together when we have a common, you know, event or aspect or goal, like it is truly everybody. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And I think that came across um, during backlash in multiple points. I do have a few kind of interesting tidbits about my 
personal experience leading up to this um, and the crossover that it had on me directly. Um, so during the week of, you know, the event, Damien Priest was in Puerto Rico doing a lot of interviews and to with Spanish news channels. Um, my family, my parents have satellite and get those news channels here in Arizona. So uh, my mom was hearing about this show throughout just the general news that she was listening to day in and day out. Now, granted, her daughter, me, I've been a ring announcer now for five years. Um, and I've kind of talked to her about uh, my husband, her son-in-law, Don Vitale, has also been involved in pro wrestling and is also, you know, he's he's half Puerto Rican, which talk about feeling behind the curtain. So many people are surprised he has no Italian blood whatsoever. Like people are still shocked. Uh, that's neither here nor there, but that's another hilarious story for another day. Um, but her daughter and son-in-law are both involved in wrestling. We have not talked about more wrestling than this week. Of course. So yeah. the amount of wrestling talk that has happened in my parents' household this week you know, that percentage went up, you know, 100% because now my mom started to learn more about Damien Priest. She started to learn more about Bad Bunny. There's an interview that Damien Priest did with one of the news outlets where he talks about the challenges of being in the independent scene, you know, going town to town, getting paid $20, you know, for a show, like the work that he put in to get to this level. My mom tells me, you know, Mija, did you know, like, he would wrestle that for $20 or that's so little. And I look at Dom and we look at each other and we're like, do we tell her? Like, do we how, <laughs> like, do we just confirm? And Dom was like, yeah, you know, there's, that's the way that independent wrestling works. You don't get paid very much. Uh, and I'm just trying to keep a straight face, be like, don't tell her how much we get paid. Don't tell her how much we get paid. Like, don't. <laughs> don't perpetuate that to be like you sacrifice you know time with your family you miss out on things for like what i don't know how much people think independent wrestlers get paid to do this stuff um but yeah the surprise is not very much you know there's truly a passion when you are an independent wrestler like that fuels you it is absolutely not the money that fuels you it is yeah. the passion well, and, and what's interesting about independent wrestling, and we won't stay on this topic for too long, but okay. it's it's very much it, it's it's the truly successful ones and the truly successful ones on a long term basis who don't find their way out of it. it it's it, the employer or the promoter of the promotion and the employee or the talent in that case more than any other situation are actually working in tandem, and yeah. and they all have the same goal in mind, and it's like in a lot of cases as long as you're doing it right, the people who aren't making this ton of money that are receiving it from you also understand it's not like you're running away with most of the money on your own. Like they also understand yeah, that yeah. this is, is, is a shoestring thing that, that it yeah. may not even turn a profit. Well, and, um, yeah, and, and, and so that, it's all a partnership. Of, yeah, that economy of wrestling is also, and you're right about that. It's not that these promoters are taking away a lot of money. Like that is all the money that there is available to get. You know, and that is kind of the economy of wrestling. So still at the end of the day, there's not a whole lot of money 
around in independent wrestling. So for people outside of it, you wonder, why are you spending, you know, why are you sleeping in your car? Why are you spending hours in a car driving? How are you, you know, like not breaking even type of things? Where in the regular, you know, world um, of business, you know, there's, you would always think about your return on investment type of thing. Um, and of course there's people within wrestling who are able to manage that, but you know, the majority of people, and especially Damien Priest back in, you know, the level that he was talking about, that was the economy of, of wrestling. And so to understand that was really the first time I even had that conversation with my mom in all the years that I've been doing this, you know, so that was a very interesting moment. And then, of course, talking about the event, my mom asked, you know, are they really going to fight when she's talking about Bad Bunny and Damian Priest? Like, she was asking me, like, how bad is it going to be? Like, is there really going to, you know, like, she, she right. the literal question she asked me is, are they really going to fight? And Dom and I kind of explained, like, well, yes, they're going to fight, but there's going to be things about it that, you know, they've, they've been trained to do right. and aspects of that. They're putting on um, a show, but they're still... Yes things that yes. hurt and things that are really exactly. being done. Yes. And yes. and it's weird because wrestling and, and Damian Priest is a great example of this. There is a fight that goes on, but the fight is more fighting for position, fighting for opportunity, fighting to get noticed. And Damian Priest is a great example of it because now a lot of people are like, Hey, Damian Priest is a guy like Damian Priest is someone you can mm-hmm. push Damian, and And it's like, some of us, definitely you, but but I have as well, have seen it for a while now, and now you see that, and it's like, like there's a, a chair shot, you know, Twitter DM thread, and this was before Raw on Monday where where Cody was taken out, but I was like, you know, say Cody wins the World Heavyweight Championship, like, why can't Damian Priest be his opponent at SummerSlam, right? Like, yeah. it's it's he's he's proven. And WWE tends to reward people. Again, I always go back to the Jinder Mahal example. When Jinder Mahal made Rob Gronkowski look like a million bucks at WrestleMania 33, I said, I started banging the drum. They are going to push this guy. I didn't know they were going to put the world title on him, but I was like, they're going to push this guy. And they did. Like, they, that's why The Miz has always got a job because he makes Snoop Dogg and Pat McAfee and all these other people just shine so through. And Damian Priest was able to do that with Bad Bunny more than once. <laughs> and he was the one who primarily trained Bad Bunny for the WrestleMania 37 match when they were tag team partners. And and he made Bad Bunny look like a man. Probably made the WWE regret the card order on Saturday night, which is a topic we can talk about as well. Yes. Because I think they yeah. made a mistake there. Um, and I even going in, I was like, there's, there's only one match that should close the show, and it wasn't the one that closed the show. But Exactly. It, it was like Damian Priest. If 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 the the long term gain of this event, because you can't do this all the time. That that's the other thing about it. Like if you did this six times a year, it would lose its luster. It would no longer be special. Um, but if it means another uh, better long term sustained push for a guy like Damian Priest, then that in of itself is a success. Never mind all of the other things. Because here's this guy who's forty years old and. You know, told his way through the Indies, and if you see pictures of him when he was an indie, oh yeah, people Very would different. basically say he's a fat slob. And now he's not. He's in great shape. He's completely retold everything. He has a character that is phenomenal. He does. He's a heel who can still represent his his country and his nationality. That's not easy to do. And he had people hating him, yet he was 
Puerto Rican. And, and, and he was still able to get over as a yeah. heel in front of that audience. And I think it was still like, you know, the fan base got it. Like, oh, yeah. the fan base understood the bigger picture. Um, but, you know, in, in general, I would like to retort, and I'm not blowing smoke up anybody's ass, but I, it, in what I believe to be the truth, yes, it would. Yes, if you were to uh, um, do it six times a year, would it lose its luster? Maybe for everybody else, but not for Puerto Rican fans. They would show up every single time right. and be that good because that's just what we do. Um, but uh, I, as far as having it more sporadic, you know, like maybe not 15 years apart, but, you know, some somewhere in between, of, you know, maybe once a year, once every so often. I think you could do it um, yearly. I really do. Yeah. It's, and and it's interesting because like you could do what you just did in Montreal yearly. Now you'd be like, okay, it's time to push Sami Zayn again or Kevin Owens. You know, they they definitely do trying to do certain things, and and there's things that you can do in, in Puerto Rico again. But you could definitely make this a yearly thing, and 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 it's gonna be interesting to see what WWE does in years to come because they've found a way to make every non-major PLE a major PLE. How do we keep doing that? How do we? He, keep making that happen it's going to be interesting to see how long they can d- dig into the old bag of tricks and make those things happen i think they still can yeah. um like i'd be shocked if sheamus wasn't the challenger for roman reigns at money in the bank like it just all makes sense with with what you do and, and how you make it happen on in certain areas so there's just things that they do but they they nailed it with with backlash and i don't see yeah. why you wouldn't do it again you brought up bad bunny and i wanted to bring up something too because this, this happened on facebook one of the old whites that I'm connected with on Facebook brought up a question, a post that was like, and they're always skeptical of everything WWE does. And they said, is Bad Bunny really the biggest musical artist in the world or is WWE just hyping him up? And half the responses were like, it's WWE hype. But then others were like, <laughs> you've got to look at, at, at numbers because they're bringing up, you know, all these touring artists and Taylor Swift and everything she's done. And numerically, if you just base it off of 2022, Bad Bunny brought in the most concert revenue of any artist mm-hmm. in the world. Bad Bunny was the most streamed artist on Spotify, which is what's yeah. used for the, the number. So that does make him the biggest musical act in the world. Now, if you're going to say over the last 10 years, even over the last five years, no. Even though the two years prior, he was the most of, of all the Latin American artists mm-hmm. and really brought Spanish-speaking music to, you know, a higher level of popularity in America. But then in 2022, he transcended that and just became the biggest of all. And, and just because old white dude hadn't heard of him doesn't mean, you know, he's not that like, like they're like, well, all these people are selling out stadiums and I'm like, so is bad bunny. Like he's selling out just because that's not a stadium, you know, or a tour, you know, it's kind of like on the flip side with some of these older are artists you know like and i think in general maybe that's where the newer fandom is of oh you know i think because aerosmith is doing like a farewell tour or something like that you know granted they are probably they may do some sold out i don't know they'll probably have some smaller venues but at one point you know they were some of the biggest artists and they were you know selling out tours you know oh they're probably doing george Strait just did a stadium here in phoenix over this past weekend yeah. And he's yeah. old as dirt. So, so yeah. it's but also old just and a different new genre, all. you know? Yeah. So just because you're not familiar with that genre still doesn't mean that they're not 
popular. I could see the level of skepticism of like, oh, you hear of Taylor Swift, you hear of, you know, uh, Katy Perry, you hear Rihanna, you hear, uh, you know, all of these famous artists that, you know, that with their name, you have that kind of brand recognition that's more, uh, you know, across cultures or just more pop. Um, Bad Bunny, you hear and you're like, especially when there is a difference in language, it's like, wait, but you also then have to realize that the United States and, and English speaking countries is just a small percentage when compared to Latin American countries right. as well. So he still may be highly streamed here, but then you have all of South America that you're looking at that is likely streaming his music. And then just people all over the world, Spanish speakers all over the world, um, you know, that, that stream his shit. So I get why some people are like, Oh, WWE is hyping him up. WWE wishes that they could hype up some of the people that they've had involved as much yes. as they could hype up bad bunny. And th- you got a too bad bunny. Like he wanted to do this. He wanted to get into wrestling. He like, they locked into bad bunny. Now they've leveraged yeah. the hell out of it and, and they've helped him as much as they can as well. But, but he doesn't need them. He doesn't need no. WWE on any level whatsoever. But he's fulfilling another aspect of his life that's a dream, and it's benefiting everybody on uh, long term. And and I mean, I think it's just great for all parties involved. But you call it skepticism, I call it ignorance. To be honest with you, like it's just this willful, yeah. You know, I mean, I ignorance I'm, that I think people have. Yeah. Because I didn't know I'm who just, the hell Bad Bunny was right now. Yeah. Like I'm going into WrestleMania 37, I didn't know who Bad Bunny was. But I didn't dismiss him. I went and found out. Yeah. Now, I had you. Yeah. And so it was easy for me to find out because you did a whole show about it back then. But the thing is, like, I, 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 I didn't just immediately dismiss it. Like, like it was like, okay, yeah. obviously, if he's here and doing this, this is a big deal. That was two years ago. That was 2021 when he wasn't the biggest artist in the world. And he was just the biggest artist, just the biggest Latin American artist. That's like saying, you know, just a billionaire. Like, it's, it's still huge but was not number one on the planet, which he is now. Um, but but it, there's just two different approaches. You can take the dismissive approach or you can take the, okay, I need to learn about this because I don't know. So mm-hmm. find somebody who you know who can tell you this was easy because yeah. I had you. Teach me, tell me. Whereas some other people, they just, they're just quick to dismiss because they think that Bruce Springsteen is still the biggest artist in the world. Like, like dude, like, like broaden your horizons. You, you don't have to like yes. it, but you can learn about it. Yeah. I'm in the approach of I'm in such a good mood. I don't give a shit. Like, I don't care if you know him or not. I don't care if you like him or not. That's not my problem. And it's not going to impact my viewership. And I think in general, like, as wrestling fans, you we can take things so personally when there's a fan base of, you know, that doesn't like a wrestler or that has an opposing view. And this even goes more into the AWWE, you know, uh, tribalism, like, what you feel about something doesn't impact my enjoyment of it. So maybe that's I'm more in that um, level. Like, yes, is it ignorant? Yeah, it definitely can come across of that. But I also don't give a shit. I don't give a shit if you like it or not. I don't give a shit if you know about it or not. I don't give a shit if you're going to watch it or not. Like, that's that's on you, you know? My hope is that, like, anytime, like you said, something new comes up, 
you give it a chance, you learn about it, you listen, and it may not be for you, but I think there could be aspects of it that you do like, and, and something about it that does entertain you. Cool. And if it doesn't, cool. You know, I've watched plenty of wrestling that maybe isn't my style or my taste, but there was things that I took away from it, or at least that I tried it. So I'm in kind of an attitude about it where like, I could really give a shit. I really. Right. And that's how you should be because the people that do have that, those things that you don't care about, they probably would like something about it. And they're actually missing out on that aspect because of this notion they have or whatever. It's and you could tie that back to like WWE versus AEW fans or whatever, but but you know that happiness like don't let anybody spoil it. You know it's how I am yeah. when when people steal our shit like it, it, with with IZW like I after what we did in in April and and the success of that event I finally hit that point that I've been trying to get to where it's like I don't even care about whatever yeah. anybody else says or does doesn't matter because it shouldn't have mattered all along. Now I finally forced myself to see it and and prove it to myself. So now here we are. Like those people are probably never going to change. It's not your job to change them, especially at the expense of your. Like it's more my job, I think, to convince somebody that Bad Bunny is great and Puerto Rico is great than it is your job because they automatically assume you should because you're Puerto Rican. But for me, it's yeah. like, no, see these other things that you're not allowing yourself to see because but you're I also think it's just going in objectively. Like, yeah. you you can't go into the backlash and be like, that show sucked, you know? Maybe aspects of it you didn't like. Maybe you didn't like the match part. Maybe there were certain matches that didn't fit your style. Like, But I think overall, it was entertaining, you know? Like, there was aspect and excitement about this show that felt contagious, that made you want to watch that made you yeah. listen in. And again, if, if that's not your type of wrestling, that's totally fine. But I think, honestly, the show spoke for itself. Absolutely. There, everything about the show spoke for itself. So if you have you seen the negative replies that you're talking about? Because I really haven't seen it. Like, I haven't seen a lot of negative I haven't really seen it. Man. There's a few booking things, and we'll talk about it on the second half, but very minute aspects yeah. of, of it. I think overall, everyone... And again, maybe it's when you have low expectations of a show like Backlash, which has not been historically good. And like you mentioned, those are two years in a row, literally just became, you know, rematches of WrestleMania. Yeah. Like the bar was low. Like last year but, it was WrestleMania rematches and then a bloodline six man tag. Like that's what it was. Yeah. Like so. that was it. This time around, blew it out of the water. Blew it out of the fucking water. So no I, WrestleMania rematches you know. this time around. Yes. In so, fact, it was termed as, as Damien Priest's WrestleMania, and probably true. Yes. So. Yes. So we are going to be taking a quick commercial break on the second half. We're going to be going a little bit more into some hot takes on some of the particular matches uh, and a few observations that I had. Um, you know, hey, Greg will chime in as well. But, uh, again, it's my fucking show, and I'm going to talk about whatever I want. So let's uh, let's do it. Greg, go ahead, do me a favor, and let's pay some bills. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com.
Now, I don't know if, if we have this thing on this show sometimes where Miranda can't hear what's playing. Um, technology is a lot of fun. Could you hear what was playing there? Nope, not a single thing. It was the chanting for Zelina Vega after her match with Rhea Ripley. Yeah, um, I'm going to cry now. Could you, for those of us who don't know, can you, do you remember what they were chanting and, and what it is? Yo soy Boricua, pa que tu lo sepa. Yo soy Boricua, pa que tu lo sepa. Translate, I am Puerto Rican, you know, so so you know. Um, which is a saying that they have. It's kind of a chant of pride. Um, and that's kind of what they say to represent the culture, you know, all over the world. It was very prevalent um, for anyone who watched the World Baseball Classic. Okay. Um, earlier this year, they did a lot of that chanting as well. Um, but that is kind of a, um, what's the best way? Yeah, it's a chant. It's just like um, um, a saying of pride. Right. What's interesting is that that was utilized. For all the Puerto Rican talent involved in the whole weekend, it was essentially used only for Zelina Vega. And, yeah. and and I'm not saying it's um, a bad thing at all. It's just that she yeah, no, somehow encapsulated that even just a little bit more than everybody else. Um, okay. So this will fuck me up a little bit. Um, you don't have to if you don't want to. It's your show. No, no, no. This is good. This is good. It's good. Because I was going to talk about it anyway. Okay. But I think that... And I didn't even mean to derail. I just yeah. didn't... I figured you no, might not no, be able no. to hear it. So. Yeah. Um, because... I think it's a few things and I don't, I know aspects of Zelina's story and not, I think some of it, just like in wrestling, when you find someone's story, there's parallels between, you know, their life or your life or aspects about their character that you like or something like that. Um, there's stuff about um, her identity and, and her um you know, being a Puerto Rican that um, has really came through in everything that she did that night. So one, I know she's shared over the years how she would love to wrestle in Puerto Rico and to have that platform to do that is truly once in a lifetime, you know, with how rare they are, knowing her history in and out of the company, like lightning had to strike. Talk about an act of God. Like, yeah. All these stars had to align for this to happen the way that it did. Even the fandom of the LWL, because she's historically worked as a heel. So for right. her to be a baby face, um, but the pride that she had in her entire outfit, like yes. she she represented it. And that's not the first Puerto Rican outfit. She's, she's had that outfit before. Mm -hmm. um, she's had versions of that outfit before. But the flag, everything was to the max. And that was her opportunity to stake her literal flag in the middle of the ring and say, I'm here. I am in the island of my family, of the culture that runs through my blood doing what I love to do. Yeah, absolutely. Not very many people get the chance to do that ever in their lifetime. We've talked about, you know, you know, British wrestlers and those in, in um, you know, England or, you know, the 
Scottish Ireland area getting to do that. Um, hell, it even reminds me of like uh, back when the Iconics um, got to wrestle in Australia. Mm-hmm. Like very rarely when you have that lineage in your blood, do you ever really get the chance to wrestle in that place. And but it's even see... like the Iconics came up through the Australian independent scene. Yeah. Like they worked those Indies for years before. Now they got to go back as well known because yeah. as – you know, she was Jesse McKay at the time, became Billy Kay, once appeared on this program, and and not this program, but the Greg DeMarco show, and essentially categorized the Australian Indies as complete shit. And yeah. and her being Australian, that's why they had to come over to the U.S. for shows like Shimmer yeah, and whatnot. Of course. Yeah. When they got to go, most people didn't know she was a pro wrestler in Australia. Then when she got to go back for, for the WWE Super Showdown that was over there, it was different. Zelina Vega, she's in her 13th year, 14th year as a professional wrestler. Mm-hmm. And this is the first, and, and SmackDown was the first match she ever had in Puerto yeah. Rico. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's just completely um, different. Something yeah. that I think and so many of us could never no, understand. No, but also to be able to represent your culture in a way and feel that embraced by that. Yeah. One of the complexities sometimes of being Latina is this weird in-between where you feel like you're not enough mm-hmm. and also too much. Uh, where you're not enough Latina or you're not enough of your culture, especially if you resided and lived in, you know, the continental United States your whole life, whether right, which she has. with, you know, your utilization of the Spanish language, whether you know it a lot or a little or how you speak it or, you know, all of that dialect, um, your lineage, you know, who from your family is, is, you know, Latina or Latino, you know, where your family, all of those are kind of a complexity with, with latino culture and it's something that i've i've struggled with and i again i don't know the increments of her story to know if that's exactly what it is but there's always this feeling of like are you enough or like would you be embraced by them and to have seventeen thousand people tell you you are enough like i think that's what it was like that was the reaction like the pride, but also 17,000 people saying, yes, you right. know, you are us, we are you, you know, you, we, I don't even want to say just accept, because that's it was beyond that, but just like that identity streaming through one person to 17,000 people and back, like this boomerang effect of support and love and identity coming through, um, and that's why it fucks me up because I think being able to see the two things again, my the love of professional wrestling and the love of my culture, like I think this is what anyone would have ever wanted is just that, you know, win, lose, or draw. Um, that was the success of the night. Now, yes, I know there was a lot of feedback of, oh, it would have been great if she won, and I get that too. Well, but also I actually wanted time. to go there, I, I wanted to talk about yeah. that. And and maybe save you from from getting overly emotional or whatever because I'm gonna be fully transparent. Maybe this is a shit take. Maybe it's not a shit take. I don't know. Given the landscape of WWE right now, okay, Rhea Ripley's chilling on Raw as a SmackDown Women's Champion. Still, that hasn't been addressed yet. Selena Vega's on SmackDown. Blah blah blah. I know they've kind of changed their ways with titles and everything else, but god damn this that she probably should have won. Like, like I put my I put my Booker hat on, yeah. I put my writer hat on. They've got this situation where you've got champions on opposite brands, this and that. Like, 
I don't, even if you had to do interference, like whatever you had to do, that would be forgiven with the one, two, three, or in this case, the Uno Dos Trace, which I just loved hearing the crowd do. Um, oh, yeah. And they've done, I mean, American crowds used to do it in ECW for, you know, psychosis and super crazy. But it's that you could have taken it one step higher with that. And I think in that moment with this, because we don't know when they're going to do this again. We don't know. This was not her WrestleMania. This was her once-in-a-lifetime WrestleMania main event. And mm-hmm. and it would have been that for those fans as well. Like, if they could have made anything, there's two things they could have done to, to take this one up another notch, and that was putting a different match as, as, as the, the final match of the night and having Zelina Vega pull off the miracle win. Mm-hmm. It would she would have it, the love and respect she got from the crowd was one thing, but imagine what would have happened if she won the match that yeah. no one expected her to win. Yeah, I, I see I see the point, and I agree in an aspect of how amazing that would have been for her. Um, we also know though that again WWE doesn't book those moments. I mean, we saw Cody Rhodes lose at WrestleMania. Like we we know. Yeah, but that should have happened, so the, it's okay. Well, hold on, but there's a longer so there's a longer story to tell, right? Too, you know. I mean, I I think I I've been joking in my head that the good thing um, about both the the good thing about Zelina Vega, she looks good in in either red or blue. So it doesn't matter what championship she ends up winning, um, she's gonna look good in either one. I can, I see what you mean, but I I, I don't know that she's ever that. gonna look good in either one because I don't know if she's ever gonna hold either one. Like that's the problem. This I, might have been the opportunity. Think, yeah, and but also again, you know, I I see that overall when you think about the longer story for the women's championship. And granted, you know, you would have to kind of figure out how how to what would be next because of like you mentioned the aspects of who's been rough to draw, right. SmackDown, all of that. Like I think the story, everything that they told was enough there and again the reception that she got afterward you know for when she when she lost and truly that superseded her now into one of the a huge baby face which again right. we haven't is it's kind of an anomaly for selena most of her career she's been a heel so a good one to be able to really get over in that aspect i feel like there's a lot of there's a lot more to, to come. When you think about some of the bigger moments of defeat for baby faces like Sami Zayn, like, mm-hmm. um, you know, Cody Rhodes, those um, losses or losses or just moments of, of adversity only help catapult their career to the next level. Now, I agree. I don't know what it looks like because right. the women's division is so much different and you have two very dominant champions in Bianca Belair and Rhea Ripley. Um, and the company has set it up that way to have yes. two very dominant champions on each brand. But I do think that the story they told and the way that that brand or the way that the crowd embraced her hopefully feeds into the next and, you know, the next chapter for her. And I guess um, that's my problem. I think that was the end. I think what we saw was the end of the story for her. 
I don't think it catapults her to anything else. I think whatever happened, because it only, it's not like they had this long-term storyline set up for her to even have this match. She got this match because of the location. I mean, as soon as Brad, as soon as Backlash was announced, I was like, well, you got to give yeah. Zelina the title shot there. But also, that's going to happen, you know, in any type of non- Right. U.S. area. It's going to happen in England. You know, it's going to happen all It's like I said, I said myself, like if Sheamus isn't the one yeah. challenging Roman Reigns at Money in the yeah. Bank, what are we yeah. even doing here? Yeah. But I just feel so, like this moment was perfect. Yeah. And hindsight's twenty twenty. I, I, I see it. Yeah, I see it both ways. I absolutely do. I, I can understand why she didn't win it. I could also see if she did win it. Um, but I think, again, the emotion on her face, everything that she felt like, it transcended to me because I feel like I... I've been there in a way or right. to have the validation of an entire arena like that. And again, validation is probably not the word, but just the support like that in itself, you know, part of the pun is worth its weight in gold. You know, there's right. aspects about that, that no one will ever be able to take away from her from that night, you know, it's true. and we'll go down as truly one of the best crowd reactions in you know, modern WWE history, and no one can take that from her. Did um, you see there's an indie wrestler who's trying to claim that um, she stole his gimmick when she threw the Shankla at Rhea Ripley? I guess there's an indie wrestler who uses that. that as his gimmick, and he's but trying to claim that, that WWE's been stealing his stuff for a long time, this is the latest example, whatever. And, and like, this dude's like, this chubby, never going to make it wrestler at all. I think Russell's in a t-shirt, but like, seriously, dude, like this is what you're focusing um, on. That's kind of another, yeah, that's another thing of like, I don't care, yeah, you know, and I don't mean it, and I don't mean it in a mean way, just like that delusion is not going to impact how I. Not just that, but that moment and that gimmick is bigger than some random indie wrestler. Like that's, yeah. you've mean, talked about I it on this program. Love, to be honest, do I even love the incorporation of the Shankla? Not really because i don't think it was necessary in that right. context for her it is a very common utilization the shankla is a form of punishment that many of us know and fear um by heart you know did it come across that way or no it was kind of it was kind of funny but like that is a blip in the whole thing like yes it was one small aspect of it that like that's not what's getting replayed no, thousands, not at all. thousands of times on social media. That's not what's being shared all over Instagram and Twitter. So, fucking yes. get over it. It's know? just one guy trying to use it for his own benefit. Yeah. And probably and believes what he's saying, too. You know, just any anytime there's something that happens successfully, yeah. there's always someone that says that, I, you know, they, they took it from me. They stole it first. So, yeah. um, you know. And, and I think overall, the reactions from... Zelina, you know about Zelina. The reactions from Salvio Vega uh, and Carlito; those were huge as well. Um, and being able to honor some of that history and representation too was great. And the fan base that loved it so much, like, made it a much bigger deal than any other fan base would ever do. Like, there was just so many shades of all of that that I loved throughout the entire night. Um, and I also want to give out. You'll laugh at this, but uh, I'd like to, uh, you know, is this a formal declaration? No, but I would like to say that based off of these two reactions, we have some honorary Reekins in the house now. Um, EO Sky, uh, honorary, <laughs> love it. Um, and, you know, Cody Rhodes. Puerto Ricans love Cody Rhodes. 
Like, well, and the black community has taken on Cody as well. Like everybody and, just seems know, to love yeah, Cody. Yeah, Cody so really everybody but the, the, the Samoans like, have not taken on Cody, but everybody else has. Yeah, the Samoans probably have their, their beef with Cody, but uh, the Puerto Ricans are standing firmly behind Cody Rhodes. Like there's which, actually, there's, there's you know, the, the hilarious joke amongst WWE fans for a long time has been Brock Lesnar beating all the black wrestlers. And there's literally a graphic on social media that's Brock Lesnar beating all the black wrestlers, and it ends with his attack on Cody Rhodes the night after WrestleMania. Yes. So it's big. Because Cody Rhodes solved uh, right. racism, you know. <laughs> in um, AEW, yeah, which he did. Yeah, I do want to say, you brought up Carlito. I know he's 44 years old, but why can't he get a job somewhere? He's been public about saying he wants it. He can still go. He can still do it. Like, s- sign the man up. Like, seriously. Yeah. Sign him up. Like he's made yeah. appearances in WWE I, over the past few years, yeah, and it's gotten over every single time. What more do you need? I don't know. I mean, I get it too that in that micro chasm of that fan base, you know, that response got over. As far as what other responses would be across, you know, other cities and other nights, maybe fans wouldn't care. Maybe they would. I don't know, but I. I could understand why there was some booking decisions made um, that were broader and not specifically tailored tailored to the audience. I love that there were some decisions tailored to the audience, you know, and I think it was a a fair balance um, about about that. I, I don't know. I don't know what the conundrum is with that. I think there's still enough there where, there's enough of a nostalgia for fans, but also ability and also exactly there. So I don't, I don't fucking know. I'm not, they, they don't pay me to think. About and he got over in 2021 when he returned at the Royal rumble. Like yeah, that yeah. was in a, a really Thunderdome. Like that wasn't yeah. even. So the fact that, that was, he, uh, I just, pretty, I feel like yeah. in this day and age in WWE, yeah. how is there not a place for, for yeah. Carlito? And I kind of yeah. feel like too, if you don't sign him, Tony Khan might. So let's let's get him in WWE. Well, and I was talking, uh, Brendan Barr and I, we did this week's Lucha Central Weekly podcast. And we think that we talked about how this would be very interesting for AEW to take a look at and approach, you know, because they do have the big show in England coming up. And that's where a lot of their attention is. They also have a shit ton of Latino talent. They have like big chunks of the AAA roster on their fucking show. The fact that they have not even approached doing a joint show with AAA or explored doing something in Mexico has boggled my fucking mind. It's not and, It's not that easy to do an event. It's why it took them so long to even go to Canada. To do an yeah. event outside of the United States is very, very difficult for a newer business because you didn't set yourself up to do that. It's very easy for WWE because they've been doing it for decades, but... For AEW, like it's a major undertaking to take the event outside of the country. It can, they still too, should. They already have but, these inroads with, right. you know, New Japan with AAA. So it doesn't necessarily have to be something where it's a sole trip or uh, AEW show, but leverage those partnerships. And I think we've noted how just Tony Khan just has a much special preference for New Japan. That's his prerogative. Yes. You know? totally on him but i think that there is a a chunk of fan base that they are missing by not catering or not even uh 
appealing to your larger Latino audience. Um, and I agree. so uh, I think that there's hopefully a lesson to be learned in here and maybe they are exploring plans and you're right. It takes a lot longer than you think for this. I, you know, I totally understand that. Um, but I don't, but I think that they could make the effort better again. It's very obvious that AW and Tony in particular just has this inclination to New Japan. Um, and even though they have a, an abundance of Lucha talent, their utilization and visibility just is not the same presentation no. as a lot of the New Japan talent. Um, and so it's just, it's just very different. Um, but you have some of the best luchadors in the world on your roster. You hell, you you've taken a chunk out of Triple A's, right. uh, you know, regular roster. So why not fucking leverage that more? I don't know why. I mean, when they were doing their first tournament to crown a champion, or however they did it with the Battle Royal and whatever, like I was one of the few people that was banging the drum for Pentagon. Like, mm-hmm. you want to make a splash internationally and globally, especially how over he was at the time as a singles competitor, and I get why they wanted to use him as tag, whatever, but, like, Pentagon's a star, and, and yeah. you know, more to the U.S. fans thanks to Lucha Underground, but still, like, he can be a major star, and he can do that. Um, but to get back to the original point, like, I hope he doesn't go, I hope Carlito doesn't go to AEW. I mean, if he does and he gets a job and it's a full-time paycheck, great, but, like, I feel like he belongs be in same. WWE, and, yeah. and, and I thought, I said, why not in 2021? And I still say, why not now? Like, the schedule is fine. He could work that schedule. He could do that. He'd be over. He'd be great for house shows as well. Like, he'd be perfect for SmackDown. Like, just just, mm-hmm. just make it happen. I know we're in whatever, yeah. you know, in the middle of a sale and all that stuff. But, like, you know, sign Logan Paul up in the middle of a sale. Like, it, it won't even cost a ton to get Carlito. Just, just yeah. get Carlito. No. So, get Carlito. I, don't, I don't know. But, uh, I mean, yeah, just, just the overall reactions – Got the honoraries put in there as, as much as, uh, you know, another fan base that likes Cody Rhodes. Uh, Greg, I don't know what to tell you. Um, hey, I'm stacking up against you. It, I'm um, not against Cody Rhodes. Where do you get this anti Cody Rhodes thing? Just because I didn't want him to beat the, Roman Reigns doesn't mean I thought he should have won the World Heavyweight Championship. I thought they should have had him win the World Heavyweight Championship and then defend against Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam. Yeah. That's obviously not happening now. But but yeah. the, I, I I will go ahead and say that the Italian fan base has also claimed Cody Rhodes, okay? Because I am that. So so we're okay. also claiming Cody Rhodes. Fair, it's, fair. It's, it's Cody okay. Rhodes, Every- then Giovanni Vinci. Like that's the order that it goes in. That's, so that's probably we don't have much, so we kind of have to go with Cody Rhodes. That's okay. um, but um, we will we will take but it. But yeah yeah. So and overall we've already highlighted him, but just like Damian Priest, like he truly went next level. Um, the match with him and Bad Bunny was outrageous, but it actually made sense in some of the psychology that they were doing. Oh, yeah. Um, and so it wasn't completely out of left field where you just started to throw, you know, weapons and stuff together. Like, the whole flow of the whole thing was entertaining. It definitely didn't feel very long. Um, and I... I agree. I was shocked that this did not headline the show. I understand now seeing what the main event was like and the blood involved, probably why that was the main event. You know, you, you don't want to change canvases, I guess. But to me, that's a little, a little, I still think personally, yeah. assuming but, if, if the blood was planned and, and, and the jury's out on that, but, um, 
it probably was, especially being in Puerto Rico. Um, but I do think that, yeah, it, it, not, what, what, especially seeing the celebration at the end of the Bad Bunny match, and I knew you, well, yeah, you had the bloodline, that, and like, you had it's like you can't follow that yeah, at all. Like yeah, you just can't. It, just, it is, it is what it is. But again, maybe, maybe the fans and you know the woe for Cody that again. That that's just our Tuesday voice. Like that's like right. that that level of loudness is not atypical for Puerto Rico. So I've just been saying now that the gauntlet has been laid out, rest of the world, rest of the world fan base, you want to come out, you want to represent, you want to be loud. This is your new standard. Well, and it's I not even going to be that. challenged until Money in the Bank. Like it won't even be. Oh yeah, yeah, it, and and no good, good. Good for, you know, uh, for them. I think that is the next comparable fan base. So, you know, let the gauntlet begin. I would love to see other fan bases try and be as loud and passionate as Puerto Rican fans. Godspeed to you. But it's just, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And that's okay. You can still do you. You could still be great. But you're not going to be as great as us. Right. Well, look, I could talk about this for hours upon hours, but I feel like I've said my piece. I am so happy about this. I will still be on cloud nine for quite some time. So I will just have it live in my memories as well as uh, just rewatch the shit out of that show whenever I feel like I need a good pick me up. I know there's a lot to be seen in the future. I just hope that it involves WWE going back to Puerto Rico at some point. I mean, from a business standpoint, they'd be stupid not to. And yeah. and like you said, they could do it six times a year and the fans would show up. I think you got to keep it special. But I don't, I don't know why you don't do this on a regular yeah. basis. I just don't know. Even with, you know, SmackDown was amazing. Like it, you could do mm-hmm. you could do a whole like remember they used to do weekends that were like you know, SmackDown, pay-per-view, Raw, all in the same mm-hmm. place. Like. It's almost like the one mistake they made was not doing raw there too. Like it just, yeah. There's so much Agreed. that they could have done. Agreed. Why not do a- the whole? Because say you do a PLE on Saturday and you got nothing on Sunday, you could probably pack that house for a house show as well on Sunday night. Like yeah. there's so much you could do. Legends. I mean, there's so many ways you could play it up and and do it well. And and I think, hell, I mean, I don't know where. Like we already kind of know where the big stadium shows are this year, but like. Do we have a location for a Survivor Series yet? Like, let's bring them more games. Like, who knows? Mm-hmm. There's just why not? Like, there's just so much that I feel yeah. they could they could do. I, so I agree with you 100. Yeah. Like that, yeah. and I do hope the momentum from that does continue to carry on. Like, it's not yeah. that it doesn't live in a bubble, and that the momentum carries through as well. Well, make sure you stay tuned to episodes of the hashtag Miranda Show for. Topics like this and other riveting conversations in the world of pro wrestling. Don't forget to follow myself and Greg DeMarco on social media at the hashtag Miranda on Instagram and Facebook. You can follow Greg at Greg DeMarco 44 on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And of course, at ShareShot Media on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, as well as IZW at IZW Wrestling AZ on all forms of social media and at at or not at www.izwtick.com for ticket information, as well as visiting forwardslingtees.com forward slash the chair shot to get your very own IZW and 
Chair Shot t-shirts today. If you are listening to the show on your favorite podcast streaming platform like iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and more, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. So you subscribe to get a new notification each and every time a new episode drops. And leave a five-star rating and also a review as well. Don't forget, of course, to support your local wrestling independent promotions or independent wrestling promotions. Follow them on social media. Buy a ticket to their next event. Buy their t-shirt. Uh, share their flyer, uh, you know, follow their wrestlers, whatever it may be. There's so many ways that you can support independent wrestling. And with that, well, that does it for me. That does it for us on this week's episode of the Hashtag Miranda Show. For Greg DeMarco, I'm Miranda Morales. Thank you all so much for listening. And don't forget to always keep it soft style. TheChairShot.com. Always use your Head. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C.